Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the professional sports industry, and my front office resume includes titles like General Manager, Vice President of Corporate Partnerships, and Director of Sales. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports and entertainment industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Why? Because companies with gender and or culturally diverse executive teams were 21% to 35% more likely to outperform the competition. Simply put, diverse leadership helps your bottom line. The Leadership is Female podcast is here to help. Marian Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here as your host to create visibility by interviewing successful women who work in sports to uncover opportunities and teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. I believe there's enough room at the table for all of us. Take your seat and join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. Welcome to episode 68 of the Leadership is Female podcast, where today we interview Rachel Piercy. Rachel has a busy life, mom of four kids, all 12 and under, SVP and CFO of Panther City Lacrosse of the National Lacrosse League and the WNBA's Dallas Wings. She's pursuing her pilot's license, she's married, and she has a goal of achieving her CPA certification in 2022. Wow. And through this, she's got a calm about her, just a diligence. I couldn't put my finger on how she achieved this until she finished up the interview. Spoiler alert, it was her favorite quote that helped sum this all up. And that quote is also the title of this week's show, Mind Over Matter. I'm telling you this in the intro so that you can keep this in mind as you hear from Rachel, because I think it will give you stronger takeaways. Rachel made the move to the sports industry about two years ago after 10 years climbing the ladder in the accounting and finance industry with her last two stops in executive leadership positions before the age of 30. Rachel's got a lot to share, and I can't wait for you to learn from her. So let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast. Rachel Piercy, SVP and CFO of Panther City Lacrosse of the National Lacrosse League and the WNBA's Dallas Wings. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We are pumped to have you here today. Um, you've got a lot of titles. Those I just read, um, heading up two different professional sports franchises. But you are also a mom of four kids and 
live in a airplane hangar. There's a story there. This is how we were introduced. Someone forwarded me an article uh, about you and um, in all that you do. So tell us, Rachel, um, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about that living situation. Yeah, so uh, mother of four, um, we have from 12, six, three, and a seven-month-old, um, and then we do live, so uh, a lot of people get it confused of living in an airplane hangar. We, live, we have a normal house, thankfully, and we have a hangar attached to our home, so it just looks like we have a huge garage, um, but we do live on an air, airport, so they kind of, they refer to it as air park living because you have the houses. Um, our streets are actually taxiways. So that's been one of the coolest things, like getting accustomed to living there, is you look out the window and you literally see a taxi, or a airplane taxiing by. So instead of seeing, you see cars driving by too, but um, the airplanes actually have the right-of-ways in our neighborhood. So if you see one when you're coming into the neighborhood, you actually have to get out of their way. That is so awesome. It reminds me of something like, um, I don't know, SimCity or one of those ga like games you would build and like, oh, it'd be cool to live, live in an air park. Uh, that is, that's awesome. So you do, are you a pilot too, or you just get to uh, ride along often? Yeah. So my husband is a pilot and then I am actually learning to fly right now. So um Hopefully, within the next few months, I'll have my private pilot's license. Um, but he really pushed me on that. I was terrified to fly um, even before when I was younger on airlines. It's like, what's that noise? What's that <laughs> going on? It was just so much unknown. And then the concept of getting in a smaller plane was just really unnerving to me. Um, so I get to tag along with him. Thankfully, most of the time, he's the one doing all the flying. Um, but he's a really good teacher. And even though he's not the one teaching me how to fly, he'll take me up and, and kind of help give me pointers of things I can do better. And um, it's just a good go-to to have him there for me. Awesome. Well, asking for a friend or maybe for myself, how did you get over that fear of, of flying and specifically of being in smaller planes? So my husband actually told me never to repeat this. So... <laughs> but I'm going to, um, we have a twin engine plane that he flies, so it, it's bigger. And I had never been in a smaller single engine plane. So um, he got me a plane to train in. And when he brought it home, we went up and got in it and we were flying around. And I was I was like, I don't like this. I need to let's please go back and land. And he just kind of like talked me through it. And he's like, it's gonna feel different. The best thing to remember is think of like yourself in a vehicle on a gravel road that you know how it kind of moves, that you're not fully in control of it, but you also know that you're some you're still in control of it enough that you're not in an emergency situation. And so that's how he's really explained to me, like it moves, the airplane moves more, it's lighter, so the wind can move it around. And so that helps me just kind of like calm my nerves, get to thinking about really what's going on in the plane. Um, but the single engine was a big, big change for me. Um, even when I was going through some of my original flights, um, I would just have to be very honest about my nerves with my instructor and say, like, can you please take the flight controls? I just need a minute just to, like, collect myself and take a breather, look outside the plane, see we're still flying, um, and then go back to flying. So it's really just, I think you have to be honest with yourself, right? When people get vulnerable is when they grow the most. 
and I have seen more growth in myself learning to fly, which is something I never thought I would do in my life. So. So I love that. And I think there's a great leadership lesson in that honesty and in sharing the way that you feel or that vulnerability, taking a break, taking a breather and being really brave enough to say the way that you're feeling in that moment to get you through it. I love that you shared that. So hot topic, work-life balance for women and moms who work in sports specifically Obviously, you're doing a lot with leading the two teams, having four kids. The side hustle that I like to call it is, you know, when you've got something that you're focused on besides your main job or your family, it could be like you getting your pilot's license or training for a marathon or taking a college course, whatever it might be. So anyway, you've got these, this busy, busy life. What is your take on work-life balance? Um, There's no perfect formula right? Like everyone's situation is different. Um, Support is the biggest thing. And I always tell my kids, like they're number one. They don't see me very often. um, So I make sure the time in which I'm with them is super valuable. You know, I'll put my phone away. Um, There's lots of late nights in my world. So as soon as I can leave the office, I get home to them and immediately the mom switch comes on, right? And it's, Everybody greets me in the door when I come in, and it's immediate dinner, bath time, bedtime, um, and then finally I get to be a wife. You know, at the end of the day, I get to be a wife, and then once everyone's in bed, most of the time I'm back in in my office at the house doing more work. And um, you know, some days are harder than others. I get FaceTimes that cry for me to come home, and. Sometimes I get FaceTimes of just showing me the exciting, you know, artwork that they did for the day. And so at the end of the day, you really just have to, it's that gut check, right, of, you know, as um, an employee and as a mom that there's a balance and some days, right, it's going to ebb and flow. Some days you're going to be more mom, some days you're going to be more employee. But at the end of the day, you just have to keep what's important to you um, as your leading guide. And for me, that's always going to be my family. My family will always be number one for me. Yeah, someone once said to me and that I've really kept as my North Star, you don't have to be 100% of everything every single day, like within a 24-hour period. And that's when this this word balance, because there's never like a perfect 50-50. There's never, the scales are never completely, you know, parallel to the ground. But that, that gave me clarity and for you, you know, keeping what's most important at the forefront uh, is, is sort of your North Star. That's awesome. What have, um, what have been the biggest challenges for you? You're launching Panther City Lacrosse. They open their inaugural season literally tomorrow. So thanks again for spending your time with me today. It's been such a busy time for you since bringing on the team um, under the the umbrella last year. What's been the most important piece of the business uh, that you focus on during the launch period? Yeah, so I try not to have fire drills is uh, what I refer to them as. So I try to plan ahead. Um, The CBA has been carried around in my bag with me for the last few months of just knowing it start to finish right? Um, You talk to your players, you talk to your coaches, you talk to your GM, 
and as much information as possible that I could learn of ways to make sure we don't have fire drills, anything that I can prevent, right? Like I'm not on the forefront. I'm not the front line, and I love that about my job, that I can be behind the scenes and help things run start to finish without any of those hiccups. So, um, you know, educating myself about the game, educating myself about all of the policies in place, um, learning about what is the normal sell season, right, for lacrosse, what do tickets look like so that I can look at revenue, I can look at cash flow, um, just trying to familiarize myself with the norm and the NLL. So what has it been like? This is an emerging league. We'll focus on the NLL right now and then switch over to WNBA. You've got these two really cool emerging, well, WNBA has been around for a long time, but it's recently on a crazy trajectory, but NLL launching new league, uh, adding a team in Dallas. What has that been like? How have you connected with the community to make sure that they're at the forefront to support you? Yeah, so that's the big thing is uh, the NLL has been around, been around longer than the W, surprisingly. It's just the fact of in our region, right, Texas hasn't always been a very big lacrosse team. Um, and so it's, it's gaining awareness um, at grassroots, right? A lot of the teams that we have right now are youth lacrosse teams. So this is a big following, and it's, it's getting that community involved, saying we hear you, we support you, we believe that this team is going to help grow your awareness of your sport. Um, and it's really just giving information about who the league is, what they've done, why, they're, they, why they've been around for so long, and how they've been successful, and helping grow their awareness as well. So we're the 14th franchise. There's actually the 15th franchise there in Las Vegas. Um, and so they're trying to continue growing their league as well. Um, community, especially in the Fort Worth region, um, I'm live in Fort Worth, and I always tell people, like, think about it as the good old boy, come, shake our hands, have lunch with us, it's not pick up the phone, send me an email, like, people want to get to know you as a person, and they want to support you because they care about you, and you become part of their family, and I really feel like that's what the NLL, NLL is, um, there's a family and community support that they're just letting people know who they are and why they need their support to grow even more. So working in sports is such a fast paced job. There's never enough time to get things done. How are you disciplined to slow yourself down to make those meaningful connections, have those long lunches? I lived in Texas for two years, so I have a, a, a bit of an understanding of what we might be talking about, but it's I think it's it's not Texas exclusive. That is some that's that's something that is applied to relationship building. Period. So really, the question is like, man, when you're when you know your inbox is filling up, when you've got a million things to do and the hours are just slipping by from the day, how do you give the attention to those relationships, those lunches to to build appropriately? Yeah, for sure. Um, priority is time management, right? And then you have to look at it and and really prioritize which one is gonna bring back the most. Some people, for some people it's revenue, for some people it's brand awareness. For me, it's relationships, right? Like the people that I build a relationship with today, I wanna have a relationship with in 15, 20 years. Um, and we're here to help each other. Um, everyone has a different 
reason why they create relationships. Um, and it's just looking at it and saying, okay, I've got 15, 20 minutes here. I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to call someone. I'm going to check in on them and see if they have time to meet for coffee on my way into the office. See if they have time on my way home to check in on them and see how they're doing. Um, and it's just at the end of the day, like for me, it's at my core and caring for people is really where it starts for me. Yeah, I think um, relationships in the long term, it, sometimes it's really challenging to dedicate that hour, but if you do, uh, it's it's going to pay, pay back in the long run. So we talked about you working for two teams, and I want to switch gears to the Dallas Wings. Uh, they made the playoffs for the first time this year, so first of all, congratulations on that. I saw a great photo on Instagram um, of you at, at the game. How did the winning season impact your fans and your partners? So the playoff game was actually my first game to ever watch um, because we're always behind the scenes. And uh, here at our games, I actually like help out at the merch table. So I don't really get to watch the game much. So that was super exciting for me to go there and cheer our girls on. Um, as far as our fans, they really felt the momentum this year, especially after the COVID year that we didn't play locally. Um, and so they got everyone back in the arena. We had a great momentum, especially hit playoffs. And we had the biggest return rate of season ticket members renewing um, as soon as we opened up that we had ever had historically. So we feel more than anything that our fans are behind us. Our engagement rates are higher than they've ever been social media wise. And the national broadcast has been a humendous um, help for us on brand awareness, letting people know that the W is growing, um, and not only just for our team, right, for the league in general. Yeah, it's a great time for women in sports, and you said, you, you mentioned the, the broadcast. What have been, um, personally, some of the biggest changes you've seen in the WNBA in the last year, and that's really led to the engagement? Um, I know for me in general, like living in DFW area for nine years, um, before I worked for the Wings, I had actually never even heard of the team. And so for me, now we have household names, right? Like some of these women are not just this imaginary person out there. Like people are learning who they are, not just as a athlete, but as a person. And that to me is where the big change has become. Like the women actually have a voice now and they're turning it and influencing not only women at our age, but younger generations. And that's to me like the biggest push is helping our young women and girls know that you can, like you can set your goals high and you can achieve them. You don't have to stop at the collegiate level. You can continue on with your dreams. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think the WNBA players have done such a fantastic job of extending their voice beyond the court and showing up where the fans are, where the future fans are. And that's on social media. Having a peek behind the curtain on what it takes to get to where you are and sharing who they are as people, I think has helped them connect on a broader level. And there's a lot of athletes out there that can learn from that. What, um, what have you or your team, have you helped the, the athletes with that connection? Um, is there anything that you think the uh, Panther City can learn from 
uh, the wings? Is there any crossover between the two teams? Yeah, I think and I think you'll start seeing that, especially tomorrow night. We'll have like a a surprise uh, for our Panther City crowd. So I would actually say it's the opposite. So our Panther City players, they kind of because they have a different setup, right? They're not the they're not in season all the time. They literally fly in for the games. Like they're normal teachers, first line first um, line workers. We have civil engineers, and then they come on the weekends and they play lacrosse, and they come and they want to be a part of our community and they want to be a part of helping uh, lacrosse grow their following from the grassroots. And so it's really taking that as this weekend warrior is what that we're referring to them as, and and showing that to the W, like, hey, when you aren't playing games, when you aren't in practice, being in the community and helping grow your awareness is so important, not just for you as a person, but for your league and helping the younger generation. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting um, with our co-brand that we're trying to do um, to see how that goes, because they'll be able to help each other on both sides. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And I guess I didn't realize that they were weekend warriors, that the lacrosse players weren't living training in DFW. Yeah, so they're, I mean, you think about accountability, like you're on your own. So during the week, like you go to your normal job, you still have to get in the gym. You still have to do your conditioning so that on the weekend when you show up and you're running hours on end, like you're prepared for that fast-paced game. So it's really, it's a really unique professional sport. Um, and I think that's what people will, once they understand that, they'll really follow in with it. Yeah, I need to get to one of those games. My my youngest, or not my youngest, my oldest son, he's seven, started lacrosse uh, about a year ago and is doing his first um, season in box lacrosse this winter. And it is, it's so fun. I can only imagine what it would look like to play or watch a pro versus this obviously very small, you know, tiny human, just learning the game, like fast paced is probably an understatement. And the velocity in which they can throw the lacrosse ball has got to be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really physical. So like we played at Philly last weekend was our very first game ever. Um, and then obviously we played tomorrow here at home for the first time. Um, I joke around with the guy or with our GM, because I played softball and I was a pitcher collegiately. And so I'm like, okay, give me a stick, right? Like, hey, it's very similar. You can do the underhand swing. So I want to see how hard I can throw this ball and, you know, how difficult it is. And then I watched um, uh, last weekend on ESPN and I was like, nope, I don't even want to be on the turf with these guys. It's so physical, um, but it is. It's so fast-paced. It's fun, interactive. So we're really looking forward to tomorrow. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already, because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. 
make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Leadership is Female, we are so excited to welcome Mobot as a brand partner. We use and love this product and know you will too. Mobot is a female-founded and led company that has promised to do things differently, from the core philosophy of sustainability and helping people feel good to the holistic approach of healing and creating movement around daily recovery and wellness, Mobot is the best. Mobot is a revolutionary fitness product and was the first to patent the combined high-performance travel foam roller, and reusable, environmentally sustainable water bottle. Unique and recognizable, Mobot's proprietary technology is designed to be both impressive in form and function, not to mention beautiful and easy to carry. Order your Mobot today and use the code, all one word, leadership is female for 15% off. Visit Mobot.com today to get your Mobot water bottle. Visit Mobot.com. Very cool. And they're playing obviously in the same arena as the wings. Is that right? No, actually different. So our wings play at College Park Center here in Arlington and our lacrosse team is going to be playing at Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. Okay. All right. So that's an even greater challenge for you, Rachel. You've got two teams, but you also have two facilities that you, uh, you didn't mention that earlier. So tell us a little bit about that extra piece of management that you've got with, with an additional facility. Yeah, so, I mean, it's learning everything twice, right? Same with our all of our game operations, our marketing, ticket sales. Like, it literally is two completely different setups. You have to be prepared for the unknown. And so tomorrow really is a complete unknown animal for us. We, I'm sure we'll have blind spots we haven't thought of, um, and that's part of it, but we really have to just get in, and we, thankfully, we have a great support from the Dickies Arena crew of, they throw out so many different um, concerts and different events there at the arena that they've kind of given us some highlights of, hey, this is what's worked really well with this event. Um, and so it's really just being a good partner with the two different arenas. Um, and that's really what makes everybody successful, right? Is those partnerships and relationships. Yeah. Um, well, we wish you so much luck as uh, you launch that team tomorrow night. That's going to be amazing. It is nearing the end of 2021. Um, so let's talk a little bit about 2022. You've had a, a big year. So do you have any personal goals that you want to share with us for 2022? And how do you identify and set those goals? Um, so the biggest goal for me right now is getting my private, uh, private, sorry, private pilot's license. 
Um, that's my biggest personal goal. And then career-wise, something I've always wanted to have just uh, for the credentials is my CPA. That's the one thing that I always have like these goals and expectations of uh, executive team, becoming a CSO, um, having my CPA, and that's really the one thing that I'm lacking as hitting my career goals for me. So that is on the docket to get that started and hopefully finished within 2022. Wow, good luck with that. Those are two big goals, private license as a pilot, CPA, um, I'm sure you've got it nailed. I mean, this year you are, um, you took a team to, to the, uh, to the playoffs. You're launching a new team. You had a baby, uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a small year in the Piercy household. So, um, I'm sure 2022 will be amazing for you as well. How do you dedicate the time to completing those, those big goals? And is it, is it small milestones? What does that look like for you? Yeah, um, like you said, it's small milestones. It's kind of silly, but even the hour it takes me to drive into work, I will listen to my pilot license training. So little things like that, right? Like utilizing my time to the best ability. I don't have time to like sit down and study um, like someone normally would, right? Open a book and spend hours in it. So the time I have to give, I use it um, as I can to, to my, like I said, to my best ability. The CPA is... Test will probably be a little bit different, right? Actually having to get in and get back in the books uh, for that because it's been so long since I've been out of school. But it's just dedication. And honestly, without the support of my husband, to, I wouldn't be able to accomplish any of this because he's what keeps us all together in the household running whenever he's in town. So what has been the biggest hurdle in your career? I think probably when I was um, younger in my career, I say younger, probably four or five years ago, I was the only female executive on my team at the time. Um, I was 25 to 30 years younger than everyone. And so being taken seriously, uh, not being treated different, right, because of being the only female, um, I think that was really the biggest hurdle of realizing that I deserved a seat at the table with my peers um, and not being viewed as one of their children. <laughs> And so um, it was hard, you know, you, you have to spend the time, you have to realize that you are worthy um, and you just have to continue showing the people that you deserve to be at the table with them. So do you think that was more of an internal battle for you to work through or external? Because you mentioned viewed not as one of their children. I've been in that seat before where I've been talked to and almost referred to similarly to maybe one of their, um, one of their kids or one of their kids' friends. Um, how, how was that in internal versus external and how did you work through, through that? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was both to be honest, um, because even externally, it just, I'm, you know, people ask questions of like, how does someone, you know, at, at that age, get to that, to that level so quickly. Um, and my children would be the first one to tell you, like, we didn't see a, our mom for many years because she was just working so hard to, to go up the ladder. And especially our, my 12-year-old, you know, he would tell you, mom spent so much time working. Um, and it's, it's now been a benefit to everybody for that. But it was hard. But yeah, external and internal, it's just kind of, internally, I think it was a little bit easier 
because I had other people within the company that understood what I was doing and the work behind it. Externally, you don't really know what's going on, right? Like what kind of information that person is bringing to the table, right? Yeah, I hear you on that. And how do you navigate those conversations? If there is someone that is um, talking down to you or not acknowledging the seat that you've earned, do you have any tips for our listeners? This is a, a theme that comes up pretty often and people I think are looking for sort of the steps or the tangible type replies that you could give when you're in one of those situations. A great question. Um, there hasn't been too many times I've actually been approached by anyone with it. Um, you know, sometimes it you can feel it right without it being said. And a lot of times I will just start a conversation with the person because more than anything, when you speak to someone and you start a conversation about your expertise in finance and accounting, uh, for me, right, they will know that it's just not a young person sitting at the sea, that I've done my due diligence, I've done the time that it takes to be an expert at my level, and you just, you don't want to, in essence, want to, like, throw it at them to say, like, I'm worthy, right? But in the day, like, you don't, you don't also want to be quiet and stand back and, and let them just assume. So, no, it's, just, it's such a hard, uh, fine line to walk, you know, in that, I don't know, that's definitely a, a difficult question. It probably would take a little bit more for me to like sit back and really think of if I encountered that, how I would how I would go about answering that um, in a perfect manner. Yeah, well, you know, what you really said there was that your actions are going to speak louder than, than the words um, that you could rebut the the feeling that's given, like, you know, maybe they're thinking like, who is this girl or what are her capabilities? And then you start talking and they're like, okay. And you can put those that maybe that initial, um, you know, thought that you might've had about somebody to the side and really focus on their, their core competencies. So I think that was a great answer. I know I surprised you with that question. Um, but you know, you're so talented and you really, earned your way and worked so hard to get to the top. And, uh, you know, we want to know what's inside, like, how, how did you do it? Um, can you identify a tipping point in your career? So the tipping point for me was really, um, I was at Tucker Power Sports and they had absolutely no financial reporting whatsoever. Um, and so a boss I had worked with made a, made a call to me and asked me if I would come in and join their organization. Um, and they ended up building a finance department around me. So I was able to come in, learn more about the business. Again, I sat down, I listened, and people that built that company, thankfully most of them were still around. They had been there since day one. And I just listened, right? Like I'm not a, I wasn't an expert in their field. So I sat down, I listened to these people, and I was able to build a financial reporting tool for them that help them explain what was going on with their businesses, the changes they had seen over the 25 years. Um, and then thankfully they had wonderful staff internally that I was able to help grow them because they had never been taught um, certain things about the financial tool that I was using. So I was able to help educate them. And then that was really the tipping point for me. I think of having the people underneath me. Um, again, it was the same organization that I was, not 30 years old yet, and at the executive level, um, 
and so it really just kind of set the level um, for my career, I think, at that point. And you made this transition into sports. So tell us, why do you work in sports? So sports is just kind of who I am at my core. Um, I grew up playing sports since the age of five. My family are big into sports. Uh, my parents still are in sports in my entire family. So my two older kids play sports. Um, I played college softball. My husband was a kicker in, in for college. So sports are our life, even outside of work. So just bringing uh, my work into sports just seemed like a kind of no-brainer for me. It was just natural. Um, we get the schedules. We understand what it takes to be a part of a sports organization. And so it was just kind of natural. There's a lot of listeners in the job market right now who are looking to level up in their careers, make moves in their careers. Talk to us about how you landed your job. What were the steps in order to, to secure this big role? Yeah, so before I was here, I think what really like set me apart from, uh, from the people that were the applicants that were going against me for this job was that I had had experience with multiple entities that I was responsible for at one time, right? So you talk about having two teams. Like our long-term goal is not just to own two teams, it's to own more teams. Um, and so I have that experience of having to manage multiple entities at one time, and it's difficult, right? But if you can set yourself apart and show that you're capable of managing multiple important roles or projects at once, I really think that that shows the next level of responsibility, at least in, in my position. Great, great point. So we're at the final four questions for the interview today. What is the best piece of advice for women to apply to their careers to level up? To level up. So set your goals high. Um, it's okay if you don't achieve them at the time window that you think, right? Like we all set these deadlines for ourselves. Um, but just continue pushing. Um, if you have kids or if you have surprises that come in life, don't let that turn you away from your goal, right? Like I always say, like, okay, we just took a side road and then we're going to come back. And it's going to be okay. Like everyone has this expectation um, in their head of I'm just supposed to – climb, right? They have always laugh about it, that when you get out of school in the accounting world, you think you're supposed to go from staff accountant to senior accountant to accounting manager. And it's like, nobody, you don't have to follow that path, right? Like set your own path um, and just know that you're the creator of your own history. So just keep who you are at heart and make sure that Again, you keep your goals set high and you achieve them. You are the creator of your own history. I love it. I'm literally writing it down as we speak. <laughs> okay, one question. Where do you want to travel to next? And this is such a cool question for you because how easy is it to travel when you've got your own plane? Um, so it's funny because my husband and I were just talking about that for Christmas. Uh, we don't get a lot of snow, right, in Texas. Last year we got the awful winter storm. Um, so we're trying to find somewhere we can go to enjoy the snow. So that we don't know where that is. So 
anyone has recommendations real for. I can make a suggestion. So it's snowing here today in Reno and uh, Tahoe is beyond beautiful. So that would okay. be awesome. Yeah. I don't think we've ever been there. Add that to the list of consideration for sure. Um, okay, what's your pump up song? Uh, so our family go-to is pump up the jam. So nice. every morning, <laughs> taking the kids to school, it just kind of like, even if you're kind of cranky in the morning, right? Like you turn the song on and you just kind of, your body starts naturally moving to the music and you forget that you're cranky when you woke up. So um, we love it. Our two-year-old literally, well, she's almost three now, but she screams for it. She just she asked for it, she sings to it, and it's the cutest thing, so. I mean, you mentioned Pump Up the Jam, and I instantly started, like, bobbing my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, it's already going through your head, you're singing it. <laughs> 100%, I love that. Okay, last question, and our signature question on the Leadership is Female podcast, what is your favorite quote? Um, so it's pretty simple, but I will give my college coach credit for that, um, is Mind Over Matter. So um, a lot of people sometimes will get in your own head, right? I feel like that's a natural um, inclination that people will go to, and you can you go one way or another, right? You can either talk yourself up or you can talk yourself down. And so it's really mind over matter and pushing yourself through the challenges. Um, when I've ran half marathons, literally I say that to myself, like mind over matter, I got this. It doesn't matter how many miles ahead have ahead of me. I'm going to complete this, and we're going to get through it. And I'm not going to look at the negative. I'm not going to look at what my body's telling me right now. We're just going to keep driving through. Um, and I think you can use that in any situation. Great advice. Well, Rachel, we've got to schedule a time a year from now to uh, reconnect in December of 2022, and hear how your life has grown and continued to blossom. I, I mean, you blow me away half marathon, four kids, pilots, license, going after your CPA, two teams. Uh, you know, you're really an inspiration to all of us and to our listeners on really diligently pursuing your dreams. And I wish you guys could see Rachel right now. She's like so calm too. I think that calm, steady presence of yours, um, is, is maybe one of your superpowers. Oh, thank you so much. I have really enjoyed this time and letting you know a little bit about who I am. Yeah. All right. We will keep in touch. Where can we follow along with your journey? Um, so we are on Instagram. My husband and I started page piloting underscore with underscore Piercy. Um, and then on Facebook, we, it is Rachel and Stuart Piercy. And then um, obviously on LinkedIn, it's Rachel Piercy. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Rachel. And uh, good luck tonight. We can't wait to see how the season goes. Thank you so much. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, know what's most important to you and keep that as your North Star. When you know what's most important to you, your time and attention becomes easier to place. Number two, you are the creator of your own history. You can always take a side road and then come back to that main road. Number three, Set your goals high and continue pursuing them. And number four, decide what your priorities are and then focus your time management around those priorities. 
Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.